I want to welcome you all into episode 46 of Trojan Talk. I'm Zach Taranko here alongside Josh Pulsfer and Cole Pervis. How are you guys doing this morning? Great. Doing really well. Yeah, it's nice weather outside. We're finally kind of getting into the summer part of, of spring. It's getting really hot outside, but I'm enjoying it. Getting to wear shorts every day to school is very nice. And we have some TA Sports to talk about. Yesterday, the boys lacrosse team won 16-3 to over the York Wildcats. Really weren't expecting that type of scoreline. We knew York was a good team, but the Trojans had a nice win there. Cole, you and I broadcast that game. The first student-only broadcast, which Pulsifer had other duties, as as I, I would like to put it. But what did you, th- you think about that game, Cole? I mean, obviously, TA played some really good lacrosse, and it's definitely looked better in the last couple of games. It was the best game they've played all season. They had that three-game losing streak, came back one three in a row going into last night, and they kept it rolling with a big win over York. Uh, really no significant turnovers from TA. That was a big key. They controlled time of possession the entire game and uh, really played good offense, took advantage of York's mistakes. York did not have the best game passing the ball, and TA's defensemen were able to come up with some big stops. That led to some offense, and so that was good to see. A lot of guys get on the scoreboard. Ethan LeBlanc had a good game, scored his 100th career point, which was nice. Um, yeah, just and that that second quarter was huge for TA because they come out to a five nothing lead in the first, which they've done before against teams like Falmouth, and they've blown it. But yesterday in the second quarter, they were able to stave off any kind of comeback attempt by York and just slammed the door and going into halftime we kind of knew it was a wrap and so great win for TA great offense great defense Jacob Parento was awesome in that the attackers were doing their thing so we'll see if they can keep it rolling against Cape which as we were talking about last night huge measuring stick game because they lost Mm -hmm. by Cape Mm -hmm. earlier in the season it was pretty close but we'll see if they've improved since then and if they can go into uh, Cape's home field and come out with a win. Yeah, um, real quick, I just want to congratulate you guys uh, and Troy uh, for running the game solo last night without me there. Oh, yeah. uh, I, had, I had a little league game, all right? You know, it was <laughs> just volunteering for the community. Uh, but seriously, though, you guys did a great job. I scrubbed back through, watched it, uh, it and it came out fantastic and, uh, you know, just speaks to the quality of the work that you two guys do and Troy. Uh, so, again, great job on that. And uh, like uh, Cole perfectly said there, that's a perfect uh, kind of tune-up, I think, for that matchup against Cape. Uh, again, TA had a, a tough Tough game against Cape last time. Um, what was the final? 7-4? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, again, they, they played a lot better second half against Cape. So, hopefully, they can take the momentum from these last three games, bring that back into the new Cape game. Uh, and, again, it's at Cape this time. So, again, huge, huge uh, point of the season here for the Trojans. Yeah, definitely. As we look at the other sports around uh, Thorne Academy here for the spring season, the other teams are kind of going through the motions, having some issues, um, kind of up and down so far. Girls lacrosse got uh, – uh, there's no real right word to put it. They lost 18 to three. I'll just say the scoreline. They lost 18 to three to Kenny Bunk. That team though is historically the yes, best like as, ever as girls across team yeah. ever in the history of Maine. So that's kind of understandable. Yeah. <laughs> Similarly, baseball and softball having up and down seasons. Baseball not as good as last year. Obviously, it's hard to to repeat a state championship mm-hmm. winning team. But softball with a couple of a couple of nice wins recently, but started the season with a couple of big losses. I mean. What do you guys think about these teams real quick? I, I know we're still early on in the season, only seven or eight games through for most teams. So, uh, what have you seen so far? What do you expect to see? I mean, is this the type of play we're going to see from these three teams? Well, girls lacrosse seems to be kind of middle of the pack, and they have another tough te- test today against Wells, who I just looked Wells is 6-1. and one, So mm-hmm. they um, have a chance to beat a good team today, but it's going to be tough. And baseball, just as you said, hard to – replicate what they did last year Cody Bowker did so many things for Mm -hmm. that team Mm -hmm. and uh this year the pitching it's always tough to um you know they have Kopetsky and they have a solid rotation but it could be worse they were down uh I believe 
I forget what the score was against Marshwood, but they made a big comeback against Marshwood on the mm-hmm. road. So it definitely could have been worse, and it was good for them to get that comeback win. But lost some games that they probably would have wanted to win. We'll see how the pitching shapes out come the postseason and if, and if the bats can get hot for the baseball team. Yeah, for baseball, it's, it's – I mean, they're not getting blown out of any games. You know, they're they're in every single contest. It's just like you said, it's so tough to repeat. Um, they had such a magical run last year, uh, only losing, I believe, one game. Yep. Um, so, again, you, you knew it was going to be a step back from that. Uh, but certainly they're battling. Um, you know, they've got a veteran coach. Uh, they've got a lot of guys who were there last year who won a state title, so they, they know what to do come playoff time. So uh, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully they can turn the corner here the second half of the season and get primed uh, for playoffs. Uh, same with uh, softball. They've won a couple games now in a row, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and softball is so dependent upon the pitching matchups. You know, if you go up against a team's ace, uh, which happens most times, it can be really difficult. So hopefully the bats can get going. It looks like they're starting to score a little bit more runs, hitting the ball a little bit better. Just Dow had a big game yesterday, so hopefully uh, they can c- continue that momentum. Uh, and then, of course, uh, our tennis teams are doing really well. They, the boys' team, I know, have had a couple of tough matchups mm-hmm. against Falmouth. Cole, um, no. Cole? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shout out, Cole. Um, so, again, hopefully uh, tennis can get back on track here. Come on, Cole. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, But, again, the girls' team seems to be doing pretty well, too. Um, and then uh, – Cross country, or cross country, outdoor track and field. Uh, they've uh, their home meet was pushed back. Uh, I believe it's going to be on the twenty first now. Here at TA, got rained out the last time. They're supposed to have it on May second. So, uh, hopefully, we can uh, get some coverage of that too coming up. Yeah, definitely. We'll look at our TA TV streaming schedule coming up forward. Now, our our schedule is is still in the works. We have a lot of stuff going on here at TA, especially uh, with our own personal lives, but also uh, in school. But looking towards next week, the May 16th and May 17th, we should have two broadcasts for you. The 16th is Boys Lacrosse for Scarborough at 7 mm-hmm. p.m. The 17th is Girls Lacrosse, Bonnie Eagle at 7 p.m. So stay tuned for more information about those two games. And now we will move over to professional sports. And usually we don't start with hockey because we like to talk about football first or basketball. But today we must start with hockey, and we got to talk about the Boston Bruins because I, 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 we needed time to to kind of take it in. You need time to digest. You exactly. Know? You know, it is just a a, um, a pathetic series, embarrassing series um, to be up three one to be. What I would say is pretty much the best team of all time. I, I still believe that the Montreal Canadiens in 76-77 were a better team. Um, but it's just it's so, it's so frustrating and sad at the same time to see a team like that go down like that. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of things I think they could have changed to, to play better, but we're in the offseason now. And the offseason might be worse than that that playoff loss. I mean, they, the cap situation is horrible with the $4.5 million in bonus overages. Um, so many unrestricted free agents, a couple of restricted free agents in Frederick and Swayman that need to be re-signed with basically no money to, to re-sign them. It's not looking good, but um, I'm hopeful, hopefully Sweeney has a plan. But, I mean, I'll, I'll let you give your thoughts, and then we'll kind of talk a little bit about the offseason. What do you, what do you think about the last couple I weeks? mean, it's, it's kind of inexplicable, inexplic- you know, how they lost – um, you know, up three one, mm-hmm. they were you know the best team ever, literally statistically uh, in the regular season, and then they somehow couldn't close out three games against a team that squeaked into the playoffs. Uh, but again, that team now is red hot, and they're up three yeah. one in their next series. So, um, you know, I think it just you know on the surface though, it's like looking back on it and watching other playoffs too, like in the NBA. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know how much the regular season really counts. You know, it's like they did great in the regular season, but. I was worried, and I think I said it on one of our other episodes, it's like I was worried they are going to get burned out. And I mm-hmm. think that's 100% what happened. It's like they just hit a wall and they were tired, 
Um, you know, I don't like Montgomery not playing Swayman once it realized like Allmark was starting to struggle a little bit and sounds like he was dealing with an injury, yep. but they just played through it. Mm -hmm. It's like, I, that's not a good idea. It's like, you know, they played Bergeron in the last regular season game at Montreal because he personally wanted to, even though there was nothing to gain from it. Then he gets hurt. Now he's got a herniated disc in his back. So he was not a hundred percent. It's like, so some of these coaching decisions and just management decisions overall were kind of you know, you question them now, especially looking back on it. And as you said, you know, they sold out a hundred percent for this year. Um, they are in some serious cap issues as you outlined perfectly. So yeah. uh, it's going to be a very different roster come October. Um, oh yeah. That's so, for sure. you know, I think it's going to be, you know, kind of like TA baseball, like we were talking about. It's like, you know, they went all in last year, but now it's going to be like, okay, we got to take a step back and just be realistic. So, yeah. um, you know, I predicted them, I believe on this show earlier the year uh, to be third in the division. Obviously they wildly surpassed those expectations, but I think third in the division next year is probably, going to be a little bit more realistic just one of the worst sports collapses in recent history it, really unexplainable and i know it was a long time ago it, over a week ago now but still just makes you angry the fact that they blew a 3-1 lead and um i thought you know in game seven i thought swayman played okay he mm -hmm. did kind of what he needed to do didn't have a great game but then you lose that game seven and then the offseason just kind of slaps you in the face. Like mm -hmm. you weren't expecting to talk about next year and who you need to re-sign and who you're going to let go of until probably the Stanley Cup finals later mm -hmm. in June and July because mm -hmm. um, you were expecting to get that far. And you run into a hot team and that's what happens in hockey sometimes. And the Florida Panthers are a team that I could see going to the finals because they're dominating Toronto right now up three to one and mm -hmm. uh, they just ran into a really hungry team um, in the Panthers who had a lot of guys that just did not give up even when they were down three one and to think about the Bruins had a chance in all three of those games they had a chance in game five in overtime and game six they were up late in a very high scoring mm -hmm. game and then um, they lose game seven uh, just really disappointing for a team that just steamrolled everyone in the Eastern Conference all year and then just dropped off in the playoffs and they didn't have um, a must-win game really all year until that game seven uh, which I think hurt them they didn't have a ton of experience with their backs up against the wall in the mm -hmm. regular season mm -hmm. since they were so far ahead of everybody so that was definitely a factor but disappointing way to end the season for the Bruins mm -hmm. yeah I agree I think the one one point that I, I do like to make even though it does kind of make me feel worse is that I don't think that the Panthers beat us I think that we just they just choked the Bruins just choked I mean they were up 3-1 they made so many mistakes it was sloppy it was yeah, sloppy it was very mistakes. sloppy it five, wasn't an effort issue it yeah. was sloppy five six and seven those mm -hmm. three games were just not Bur the Bruins hockey we saw all year or right. even the, the Bruins hockey we saw games one through four and so yeah um, I agree with you. Some coaching decisions. I mean, Montgomery was unwilling to shorten his bench in mm -hmm. certain games, and when you get to that point in a series, you have to shorten your bench. And mm -hmm. you saw that, like he did that more in Game Seven, and it worked. And we were down two nothing, and we came back and and brought it to overtime. And so, like, I mean, it's tough to see this the team go down like this. I'm really worried about what this team will look like next year. Um, there are a couple guys I wish could be resigned, but there's just no money. Yeah, like, they, they, it's going to be a vastly, it's going to be a lot younger team. They, they've yeah, already started to definitely. sign some guys to some entry-level contracts because yeah. I think they know the writing's on the wall. So yeah. I, I, I can confidently say that we will not see Bergeron or Krejci back this year. In, in Sweeney's exit interview, he clearly stated that younger players will be integrated and roster moves are necessary, which means he mm -hmm. has a plan, and that plan does not revolve around waiting to see if Bergeron's going to come back, the, you know, waiting until late in the offseason when he says, oh, I'll come back for a one-year, one, one year, one, mm -hmm. one million or whatever. He, he knows what he wants to do with the team, and I'm glad, but um, 
It sucks. I, I can't watch. I'm, I haven't watched a single full game since we lost. It's just not the same to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like I, I like watching some of the other teams play, but it's just it's it's awful. <laughs> it's just a worse feeling. Like yeah. I, and I, and I, and it's I, not fun when you put in months and months and exactly. months of your personal life, and you're like, "Oh, I'm looking forward to all these games." And you know, it's an 82 game season; it's a long grind. You know, it's from October to May here, and then all of a sudden, it just kind of like abruptly ends. Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's tough to almost accept as a fan. Um, and I always think of it too. It's like imagine how hard it is in that locker room because it's like those guys like you know yep. put literally their lives into it. Then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, and we're done. Yeah. It's like wow, it's kind of it's it's just a very shocking abrupt end. And the one good thing I did see, though, is no off-season surgeries for anybody, including Olmark. Knock on wood. Yeah. yeah. Let's hope that doesn't change. But looking back, like last year, Martian had the double hip surgery. Right. Bergeron had something in his arm. Pastrnak had, had said something done as well. It's good to see that guys are just dealing with some, what I would call, like, bruises and bumps throughout Maintenance the issues, yeah, yeah. Stuff like yep. that. But let's talk about another Boston sports team. I was, you know, hoping that maybe I would see this. This is the doom and gloom episode. Man. I know. This is, <laughs> you know, usually it would be like, oh, the Bruins are playing terrible. But look at the Celtics. But we were saying, look at the Celtics and how trash they played in Game 5. But now, tonight they play Game 6 against the 76ers in Philadelphia. Game 5 was, I, I, I'd have no words. I mean, that was just horrible. It was so bad the bench players came on in the fourth quarter and, and just played better basketball. I, I mean, where we said the Bruins did not struggle with effort. They just made some dumb decisions. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think the Celtics struggle with effort. Yep. And also some dumb decisions. I mean, but, you know, I was talking to someone else yesterday, um, Mr. Morrison, shout out. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, we talked about it's like the, the Celtics are the ultimate boom or bust team in the NBA. And they perf- they personify exactly what's wrong with the league is, you know, the Sixers have Embiid. He's going to take up space in the paint. He's a great defender, obviously, MVP. But if the Celtics hit their shots on the perimeter, they, they'll win by 30. You know, if they struggle at all, they're, they're going to lose by 20 because they just can't. There's no in-between with them. So we saw that in game five. It's like they just could not hit a shot. They could yeah. not hit open shots. It wasn't that they didn't have open shots. They just could not capitalize on them. So then they lost by, you know, about by 20 almost, it felt like. So um, we'll see tonight. Um, I'm, I'm very nervous. Um, it felt like Tatum was playing a little scared at times on Tuesday night. Um, it looked like anytime he saw Embiid even in the corner of his eye, he would kick and look nervous to me. Um, I don't think he – again, he needs to get off to a better start. This whole you know last two games he hasn't scored like at all in the first half until late in the first half, and then the second half he does better. Uh, that's got to change tonight. They need to get off to a hot start and try to, again, put a little fear into Philly because that place is going to be rocking tonight. Uh, they're going to be excited. I think you know Philly's going to say, like, this is it. We're closing this thing tonight. So Celtics are going to have a lot cut out for them tonight. They need to close it out tonight mm-hmm. because I think most people are picking Boston if you go back – to the TD Garden for Game 7. And just talking about Philly, James Harden is really rewriting kind of the narrative around him mm-hmm. in the postseason as a Warriors fan. They played the Rockets so many times and so many great battles with Harden, but Harden was never able to um, push his team over the top, and uh, he's really doing that in Philly alongside Embiid, but he's been the best player in this series. And the real difference maker for them is Tyrese Maxey, yes. a guy mm-hmm. that yeah. I... He's been great. Yeah, he's been awesome hitting shots on the perimeter. I was saying this as a Warriors fan, Tyrese Maxey is what I want Jordan Poole to be, just a super talented young guard who's actually smart. That's the one thing Jordan Poole is missing <laughs> is he makes a lot of dumb decisions. But Maxey is, has really been that X factor for them, that third option. They have two stars, but then Maxie's really that glue, the difference maker that's made them go. And uh, the Celtics, we were talking about it, how they can look like 
one of the best teams of all time when they hit their shots. But last night you compared them to the 08 Charlotte Bobcats, which oh, I yeah. when they're when they're playing bad, yeah. which I think is a big exaggeration. It, it, it was an exaggeration, but I think <laughs> it was. I, I mean, if some of you didn't watch the game, I don't know if you, if you saw this, uh, Josh, but um, I don't think at, I saw the 08 at, Charlotte Bobcats at one, reference. At one point, we we were talking about the Celtics, and Cole made a reference. He said, you know, when they're when they're at their best, they can play like the, the 95, 96 Bulls. Sure. And so I said, I said, and he said, when they're not, they play bad. And I said, Cole, I want you to give me an example of a bad team. And then so I came with the worst team I could think of, which is statistically the worst team of all time, worst record of all time, the 08 yeah. Charlotte Bobcats. Um, you know the game you're calling is a blowout when you're starting to talk about the 08 Charlotte Bobcats. <laughs> yeah, I think that might have been late fourth quarter at that point. But I think uh, you made a, a great uh, point there, Cole, about James Harden. I think that throughout his career, he's never really been able to take that next step to bring his team up there and this is a big game for him if mm-hmm. he can help you know his team and make it to the eastern conference finals i don't i think philly's got if they can make it past boston i think mm-hmm. they are uh, a NBA the, the, this player. has to be a tatum game to kind yeah. of close this out he he has to put this team on his back because honestly it's like if they go out tonight with a whimper again it's like i think people are going to start questioning him in big games again because that happened that was the narrative last year too it was like he kind of fell off in the finals and then again they got to the finals but Again, same thing again. If he falls off again and he's quiet tonight, it's going to be, I think, a little bit whispers creeping in about him in big game situations. And they should be winning championships. I mean, they have – This team is loaded. A super st- they have a superstar. They have another max player in Jalen Brown. And they have proven role players both mm-hmm. in the starting lineup and off the bench with Smart, White, Williams, Will, uh, Robert Williams, whoever else I'm forgetting. But – they should. There's no excuse for them not to have one championship. You look at the Warriors. They've taken all their talent and they've completely maximized their potential. Probably a team that was a little bit weaker than a lot of championship teams last year, but they maximized the talent on their roster. The Celtics have a ton of talent, maybe more than the Warriors, and they can't do anything with it. They might be gone in the second round now for a team that should at least have one championship, I would think, at the end of the season with how loaded they are. I mean, I know that we're we're not even close to the off season, off season yet, but I think Boston needs to move on from some of these role players. I have this like idea that it is only there's almost too many good players in this team. Like yeah. I, Al Horford, bench. Al Horford, I don't know how many threes he missed in in the second half. Of that, that was game. A, that was a bad that was game for awful. him. That was a bad game. I am I'm, I'm starting to get really sick of him and Marcus Smart. I'm a big Al fan though. I, I like Al. He's a great veteran presence, and again, that was very abnormal for him to miss that many open shots. I thought. Yeah. But but Marcus Smart's shot selection always scares me. Sometimes he just starts trying to play that hero ball that we've talked about before, yeah. and it that's when I get very nervous. He's going to hit one of these game winners sometime, I He's, feel like. He, he can shoot the ball. Like I'm not saying he can't shoot, but it's like when he forces things like unnecessarily, that's where I'm like, okay, yeah. this is not good offense. I, I wouldn't care how bad his offense was if he was clearly the best defender in the league, but he was la- maybe he was last year, but he's not this year. He's just not. See, Derek team. White got on the all-NBA defensive I team? Did not, I, 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 was, I was like, really? Not so, <laughs> Surprised by that one. I was also surprised that uh, Curry was a second all- second team. They put Shea yeah. Gilgis Alexander, and a lot of people in the Twitter comments were saying the All NBA second team would beat the first team in a game seven. <laughs> Who, who's Which, on the, I'm trying to think of who's in the second team. I, so the I second it. team, it was like it was, it was Curry, Jokic, Curry, Jokic. Um, I mean, I get the Jokic. Like they're gonna if Embiid won MVP, he's clearly going to be on the first team as the center. Yeah. But yeah. so your first team was Giannis, Luca, Embiid. Uh, SGA and Tatum. I agree with everything except for SGA. Yeah, and then the second team was Jalen. So Jimmy he's Butler. now eligible for a Supermax, so he's pumped. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, Steph, 
Jokic and Donovan Mitchell. I, uh, that'd be that'd be a, a good that'd team. be a good game. Personally, the, I still think I wouldn't overlook it. I still think the first team would win if you had to put them all in a game. I take seven. the second team. I take really? the second team. I take the first team. Just can you scroll up for a second, please? Thank you. Joel Embiid and Giannis in the paint is impossible to guard, mm. and then you kick it out, and you have Tatum at the three point line yeah. hitting shots. Hard to argue. I wouldn't overthink it. I would go with the first team, but it is a valid argument that the second team could beat the first. I think team. I like the the big game potential from that second team. Like I I love Jimmy Butler. I think he's a he's a stud. I love obviously Steph Curry and I love Jokic. I think he's amazing to watch. So I I love, I love those three. And, and the third team has LeBron. Yeah, too. and shout out to the third yeah, team third as well. Team, yeah. They got um they got Fox, Sabonis, LeBron, and Fox, Dame. Yeah. I think Julius Randle, who I like. Yeah. I think it's it's great now that some of the Sacramento players like Fox and Sabonis are getting mm-hmm. some recognition mm-hmm. for the season they had because even though the Warriors did did kind of beat them, um, really I would say at their own game like Sacramento pretty much had the Warriors in their pocket. I think um, I think Sacramento had a great season. I'll and, say this real quick though about Brown's contract. This almost guarantees he will come back to the Celtics now because really? he's now eligible for a super max. And again, it's the whole salary cap situation with that we don't need to get into, but he can only sign that with the Celtics. Mm-hmm. So if he wants that extra, it's like a hundred million dollar difference now. Yeah. So he's he's going to come back to the Celtics. So we head into our last couple of subjects. We have uh, we were already talking about basketball. We'll stay with it. The Lakers and the Warriors. So the the what I put on the itinerary was the Lakers beating the Warriors. A bunch of question marks. But <laughs> last night's game nope. shows you the series is not <laughs> over yet. The Warriors are still down three um, two. Let's first talk about the Lakers. I mean. I, as I remember, were they a playing team? Yes, they were. They were playing seven tournament seed. team. Oh, they're yeah. seven seed. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, um, and that they worked their way past Memphis, but that was pretty much just Dylan Brooks just being a menace. <laughs> but um, what do you think about this Lakers team? I mean, they they have some some highlight pieces, but I didn't think they they make it this far in the playoffs. I mean, Anthony Davis every other day, every other day, Davis now super <laughs> inconsistent. Um, when he plays well, the Lakers usually win, but. The key for the Warriors is LeBron's going to do his thing. AD a lot of times is going to do his thing. But you see these random outbursts by some of the role players. Of course, Lonnie Lonnie Walker Walker. in the fourth quarter of Game 5. And then Austin Reeves, who has exploded in the fourth quarter a lot of times in this postseason. So if you can contain those other guys, and you really never know who it's going to be. They have uh, Jared Vanderbilt, who can have a really good game defensively. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of other guys that... um, D'Angelo Russell can go off as well. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if you keep it to LeBron and AD scoring the basketball and none of these other guys over-exceed what you would expect of them on a given night, then you then the Warriors can beat the Lakers. And um, now you just got to take it one game at a time, go into Crypto.com Arena, <laughs> um, win game six, go back home, win game seven. I think they can do it. And you said last night something interesting. Before the Warriors won, they were oh, still down 3-1. This. You said that you felt more confident in the Warriors coming back from 3-1 than you did in the Celtics coming back from 3-2, which personally I disagree with. I, 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 I'll stand by what I said. I think that the Lakers are not – I'm not as scared of the Lakers. I think the Warriors are going to – show up when it counts and right now is when it counts and you saw it last night I think you'll see it again I don't think that the as you said crypto.com has that like going back to LA doesn't make, make that much of a yeah. difference in my in my opinion I think the Golden State's pretty much just playing a basketball game but Boston going to Philly tonight is going to be a, a big test and they play like they did in game five they're done I think they have mm-hmm. a 50% chance of winning this series the Celtics you do, do. What, do you, what do you think about the it's Warriors? always 50% Cole 
What do you think about the Warriors' chances? Slight, over, under, under uh, over 50. Under, under. You really think so? Yeah. Okay. I mean, they still have to win two games. Celtics Lakers are going to win this series, and the Lakers are going to win their series. Boom, set. Ah. Really? Yeah. You think so? Done. So then, so let, let's re- really quick go through our, our NBA predictions for the rest of the season. So Celtics, you think are going to win? What about Heat or Knicks? Heat, or, Heat, Heat just won last one. Heat. So you think they got that? Yeah. Okay. And then Nuggets or Suns? Nuggets. nuggets. Okay. So Nuggets, well, Nuggets, Lakers, mm-hmm. Celtics, Nuggets, and Celtics. Celtics. So Nuggets, Celtics, who mm-hmm. do you got? Oh, I mean, <laughs> kind of tough to pick now. Listen, I'll take the Celtics, but uh, Nuggets scare me. Okay. And Cole, what about you? Um, I'll take the Nuggets and mm, I'll take the Sixers. That would, that would be an interesting Embiid Jokic matchup. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If I if I got the finals I wanted, I would say Phoenix and Boston. But I think you'll probably see Phoenix and Philly. I just feel horrible picking the Sixers. That never goes well for anybody. Yeah, yeah. up to this point. Well, that is going to do it for episode 46 of Trojan Talk. Uh, It was a good episode, a shorter episode than usual, but uh, we will be back with some more episodes. And as I mentioned last night in the broadcast, we have something special cooking up for episode 50. Mm -hmm. When we get Mm -hmm. to it, you'll see some guest appearances, someone you may have uh, seen doing camera last night, someone who may currently be in Florida. Shout out to Jeff Christianberry. And, uh, yeah, we'll definitely be seeing you in the next couple of weeks. Thank you all for watching, and have a great day.